This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Talk about, again, the CIA's most powerful, and they're made up of, of, of a coalition of rogue elements. Yeah, but what I understand is the agency is, is absolutely, at this point in time, the most powerful organization in the world. It is largely autonomous, as we've heard in so many different ways, and the latest was, of course, the testimony regarding the uh, UAPs. Okay, um, We've got these multiple lines of evidence that the CIA is largely comprised of functional groups that have assigned mission space, that operate in kind of an entrepreneurial way to capture capital and to operate within their assigned mission space relatively autonomously under guidance of their internal civilian command. And uh, those administrators seek to maximize power, um, scope, and capital resources that they can capture. And with the COVID crisis um, and the run-up and the biodefense industry, etc., they've had a great opportunity to grab at a whole new pile of capital, uh, which they've used to, uh, you know, expand their missions. This is classic mission creep. And if you look at every aspect of it, if you look at the censorship industrial complex, intelligence agencies infect the entire thing, and in fact, probably run most of it. The same with the military industrial complex. And now Completely you're saying agree. The, now you're saying with the bio, what we call the biopharma pharmaceutical industrial complex that the intelligence apparatus and, and the fact that Scott Gottlieb, who is a board of director member of uh, Pfizer, in addition to being former head of F, uh, FDA, probably Trump appointee for FDA, um, is is been, and a CNBC regular, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, and we also know was directly interacting with Twitter and other social media to yes. advocate for censorship of individuals. Yes. I mean, the, the guy, my hearing is that he is intimately involved in the intelligence community on top of everything else. Intelligent extraterrestrials. Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either, what agency, sub-agency, what contractors, 
who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super, thank you, and I yield back. Um, I just wanted to follow up on Representative Raskin's questions. In the last couple of years, have you had incidences that have caused you to be in fear for your life for addressing these issues? Yes, personally. Okay. Yeah. I just want everyone to note that he's coming forward in fear of his life to put in perspective if they were really not scared about this information coming out, why would someone be intimidated like that? It's Friday, 28 July in the year of our Lord, 2023. You're in the war room. We got a lot going on today. I did that cold open. The crack team of war room, young, my young charges here, producers, plus the team in Denver did a great job. That was a cold open setup for the one and only Alex Jones. We were calling some audibles here. Alex is going to join us a little later. I've got Joe Allen. And I think, do we have, momentarily, we're going to have uh, Liz Wheeler, who's... Um, making your first appearance that we've wanted to have Liz on for a long time. But I want to get into it. Um, is, do I have uh, Joe? Joe, then let's, I want to get to your topic. First off, I want to make sure people understand that there is no difference from the hearing you heard the other day on the UFOs than the hearing, than Mayorkas on the border or, um, or what's happened to President Trump as the administrative state and deep state came in to, I don't know, give him another nine charges yesterday. It was another nine charges uh, to try to Bigfoot uh, the really the breaking news on um, on Biden and really the, the crime family and the crime syndicate. And particularly, as even the Daily Mail said today, as I keep harping on, it's the DOJ's com being complicit in the plea deal for Hunter Biden. Daily Mail had it. The prosecutor's when they got called out in court, they denied it. But the paperwork they had buried, and they had signed off on this. They had buried a, um immunity deal for Hunter Biden. You wouldn't be able to go into to anything about it. But the takeaway, the signal, not the noise on the UFO, which is the most extreme example we've had, is how the administrative state do not believe that they are accountable to anyone. And right there you had, we're going to have Nancy Mace, uh, will be in studio later in the show. Um, you had Anna Polina Luna and, and Nancy Mace. And you had Malone from yesterday's show. These are three people that bought into the system. These are not, uh, uh, they were not revolutionaries in college. These are not, these are not people that have been marching in demonstrations all their life. These are people just like Burchett, just like Gates, just like the Democrats were asking. These people have bought into the system. And the administrative state, which I have warned about since for years, but particularly since that CPAC speech in 2017, and President Trump has said is an existential threat to the United States, they do not believe that they are accountable to anyone. They're going to run their deal, okay? And they'll use every time in Mexico, oh, you don't have a high enough cl security clearance. Oh, well, we can reprogram this money and put it somewhere else. And we can, you know, the American people um, are too immature to really understand, um, they're, they're too immature to be able to talk about alien craft or aliens. And you had, and you had, look at some of the blockbuster um, 
witnesses you had, and, and, and Matt Gates being one of them. Talk about what he found out down at Eglin Air Force Base before they cut the briefing off. This is why this whole thing started. Anna Polina Luna, Matt Gates, Tim Burchett, not exactly radicals, went down there for a full briefing, got cut off. Alex Jones did, I think, the best rant I, I've ever seen him do the other day, and that's why he's going to come on. We're trying to sort out all the timing of this. Alex is going to come on, and he's going to explain his theory of the case, which I think makes sense. But you heard Dr. Malone. Remember, Dr. Malone was one of the guys that came up with the underlying technology for, what, mRNA. And uh, he was 100% part of the system. His book, Lies My Government Told Me, talks about that. He's, you know, he's, he's deep into investigating this, as are others on the Wuhan lab and, uh, and Fauci and NIH and the whole funding of the American, you know, the American, uh, the American partnership with the bioweapons labs in China. And, hey, in Ukraine, who knows? How can you believe any of these guys now? You have to get them and you have to all this stuff go public. I want to bring in one of the more disturbing things. Semaphore has it. We've warned about this. I want to bring in Joe Allen. Joe, um, and Joe's doing a bunch of big interviews with James Polis over the weekend with Alex Jones, a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, Brother Allen, we're cutting loose to go on a tour here to go see some of the more prominent people in the world of transhumanism about the new book, Dark Eon. I tell you what, Joe, you know what? I've been thinking about this a lot, and I understand the Cambridge pronunciation is eon i've always called it aeon I, I think i may be going back to my pronunciation and the hell with cambridge on this but i digress semaphore brother has a their lead article today it's a pretty good new news site a bunch of lefties but they got some good news talking about esper the disastrous pick that president trump had that turned against him right and tried to have a coup but esper since he's, he's left he's part of the deep state He's now funny. He now has a venture capital firm and a consulting firm about AI, but he literally lays the whole thing out in a speech he gave the other day. I think it was at the Aspen conference, where he walks through the arms race, uh, an Oppenheimer-like arms race on artificial intelligence. So, for all, and particularly young people, I know a lot of young people have seen this Oppenheimer movie and are completely blown away by it. We have another one going on right now. Now they're trying to make the case. The liberal filmmakers have made it that oh, this is about MAGA in the in the in the MAGA retrobates and and how uh, and retrogrades and how how uh, you know COVID and science and you know science is above all and the high priest of science and technology. That's about to get unleashed on us because artificial intelligence is a factor of ten more deadly and more dangerous to the human race than the atomic weapon, right? Than the, than than nuclear or thermonuclear weapons. Joe Allen, your assessment, sir. Well, the big thing to take away from this Semaphore article and Esper's speech in general, uh, what you see is the justification for ramping up the development of advanced artificial intelligence on the basis of military competition with China. Uh, U.S. corporations make the same argument in regard to uh, other sorts of non-military AI if we don't keep up with China with AI, they will blow us away economically. Uh, right now, the U.S., uh, as Esper notes, and he does note it accurately, uh, the, the connection between the U.S. tech sector and the U.S. military establishment is quite different from China. China basically has dibs on any advanced tech that comes up in China, any of their corporations, whereas in the U.S., 
there's a lot of pushback and resistance. Uh, a lot of viewers will probably remember when uh, Google had Project Maven and when it was discovered, their employees freaked out and many walked. And so they rolled it back temporarily. Now Google is once again back in partnership with the military. But the point being, Mark Esper, among many others, including Eric Schmidt, including Alex Karp at Palantir, all of them argue that artificial intelligence already is a decisive factor in warfare. And as it moves forward, it will be, they claim, the decisive factor. And so they all are pushing for the Pentagon to, to basically incorporate and digitize the, the, the military in the, in the U.S. And I think that this is a, a real hang problem on. Well, for me, well, well, Steve, hold, because hold, I believe— hold, hold it, hold it. Hang on, hang on, yes. hang on, hang on. Put a pin in it right there. You're going to pick that back up. But I want to make sure people are following along at home. This is the reason we're all over Sequoia Capital. Sequoia Capital is the Goldman Sachs of venture capital on Sand Hill Road, the elite of the elite. Neil Shen, they're funding the arms race with U.S. pension fund dollars from the Oregon pension fund and the California pension fund from state, from the firemen, the cops, the teachers, the nurses, all of it, and also many other pension fund managers have got money in. The, they're funding the artificial intelligence piece of the, of the PLA. It's not us saying that. That's the Times of London. Also, Forbes, yes, two days ago, Forbes magazine and the Times of London, they are funding, and we put so much pressure on them, now they're trying to break it up, but it shows you that the artificial intelligence piece from the CCP and the PLA, which is, let me repeat this, to a factor of 10 more deadly to the human race than nuclear weapons. So when you're watching Oppenheimer over the weekend, and particularly young kids, you're blown away, oh my Lord, look at that, blah, 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 hey, Right now, you're living through an arms race right now that is a factor of 10 more deadly than what Oppenheimer and these guys did in, in, the, in, the, in the secrets of, you know, subatomic physics. This is it. Joe Allen, hang around. Alex Jones, we're going to get Alex Jones a little later. Alex, on, this, uh, on everything on this hearing, he's got a great theory of the case. Uh, Liz Wheeler is going to join us. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to be back in the war room with Liz Wheeler in the house. In just a moment. Everything's just beginning, but the games you want to play. Bring it on and I will fight to the end, just watch and see. It's all started, everything's begun, and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, 
We now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. We are jammed. We're calling audibles. We got a lot to get through and a lot of people to roll through here. Uh, Joe Allen, you've got a big weekend. I know you got to head to the airport. I cut you off as I know the audience always loves that when I cut off the guest. Uh, but since you're not a guest, you're a contributor and an editor. Okay, <laughs> so pick it up where you took. We. T- I just want to make sure people understand, and particularly now that we're going through an Oppenheimer craze, and I strongly recommend people read the underlying book there. American Prometheus, which is a quite powerful biography of Oppenheimer. You get a real sense of the, of the entire thing because it's amazingly important, and I'm so glad Nolan did this, and it's in a nonlinear fashion. But for everybody in this audience, particularly young people, understand we're in an Oppenheimer moment that is to the factor of 10, and if he was alive today, he would tell you about this, on artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, and remember, in transhumanism, that's just one vector. The deeper vector, I actually think, is the CRISPR biotechnology. Here's one of the things Alex Jones is going to tell us when he comes on the show today, which is so important. When they're sitting there holding that information back from Congress on both the funding and what's happened and who's in control, who has either the vehicles or either the non-biological, all of it. Remember, there are things happening in the weapons labs in this country that you're funding that would shock you. And that, to me, is what has to be public. And if you think it's bad here, wait till you find out what's happening in the, in the labs in North Korea, in China, maybe in South Korea, in Russia, the Ukraine, other places like that, Eastern Europe. Joe Allen, go ahead and finish your thought. Well, Steve, the big point here is that the U.S. is racing to beat China in artificial intelligence despite any dangers that may exist. You have three major dangers. The very first, I would say, is just simply on, in a non-militaristic fashion, you have the, the social psychosis that is forming from people basically being unable to tell what is and is not artificially produced content. I think as we move forward, that's going to increase. Certainly within the next five years, it's going to be very, very difficult without things like biometric identification to tell whether or not a human being on the Internet is a human. But the the two others that are really, really big, the first is the ability to fast-track biological experimentation. Artificial intelligence has made it possible to do experiments in silico, therefore making the creation of bioweapons much easier, much faster. People talk about this in the security state. 
People talk about this in corporations. This is a real problem, and yeah. the only way to stop it is to give yeah. the government more power, which is an yeah. even bigger problem, some would say. But the third, Steve, is the military applications of artificial intelligence. The three big ones, battlefield surveillance and surveillance of an opponent in general, battlefield simulation, being able to kind of war game to down to the finest detail what's going on, and then you have weapons control systems. So drone swarms is a classic yeah. example. You have to have artificial, advanced artificial intelligence to run an advanced drone swarm. And right now, you've got Eric Schmidt, who's working with a company, Istari, and he has pushed to the U.S. government the idea that lethal autonomous weapons are going to be necessary in order to keep up with China. China has no hangups about yeah. this. They want to intelligentize, as they say, their yeah. weapon systems. And so yeah. as we race forward, if the military wants to get a hold of this technology, okay. they are not going to want to slow it down as we would want to. Oh, they have, they, they have this technology. I want people to understand something. From August of 1914 till November, so the start of the First World War, from the guns of August, from August 1914 to the fall of the Berlin Wall in November of 1989, History will look at that as a dark age. 500 million people were slaughtered, starved to death, killed for political persecution. Of that, I think 100,000, 150,000 died by nuclear weapons, the, two, the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Horrible death and then the radiation afterwards. But just a couple of hundred thousand, max, of 500 million. Now, I'm throwing in the Chinese Communist Party starvation, the Great Famine, all of it. But you look at that dark, and that, by the way, that's going to be looked at as dark age, as much of a dark age as the fall of Rome in late antiquity. This will be looked at as a dark age. Take your number two pencil out and write this down. The dark age that we're about to enter, unless we get control of these technologies, will be will make that look like a uh, a, a Sunday afternoon church picnic, because these are weapons the artificial intelligence, the bioweapons, all of it, they can't be controlled. Once they start going, they're going to feed on themselves. And that is all being worked on by with your money and your consent, your tax dollars and your, your pension fund money, and essentially your implicit consent. You said, well, I didn't consent to that. Hey, it's your money. Okay? Implicit consent. Uh, Joe Allen, how did they get to the book and how do people follow you on social media on this great tour you're about to, this great journey you're about to start, sir? Uh, the book is available on Amazon, Dark Eon, Transhumanism, and the War Against Humanity, available for pre-sale. I go into depth on the different institutions that are pushing for militarized artificial intelligence and other robotic systems, along with a lot more. Uh, you can follow me at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, Twitter and Getter, warroom.org, under the transhumanism tab, and jobot.xyz. Okay, I want everybody in the audience to get this book is a tour de force. This, this is it's 500, 600 pages, but it will tell you everything. We're not here to make you the smartest person at the backyard barbecue or in the stands of the Little League. We're here to make you the smartest person in the boardroom, at the dinner, business dinners you go to, at the, at the, when you're having these school boards. We want this audience to be the tip of the tip of the spear. 
and that's where we bring you only the best writers, the best books, and the uh, and the best thinkers. Joe Allen, honored to have you on here. Godspeed, sir. Thank you very much, Steve. One of my favorite people in all media, Liz Wheeler. I can't believe it. What did I got? Liz Wheeler. I got Nancy Mace. We got Alex Jones, Rudy Giuliani. What a show! I am so glad you're here. Thank you for I'll having be, me. I'll be blunt, and I tell the hearings this all the time. I used to watch One America every night, or get the clips later when you were the anchor of the show. Why did you leave One America? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question, Steve. Thank you for having that's, me. That's, that's what we were going to. That's a loaded so, question. Hey, it's hardball here in the, in the war room. No, well, it's a good question. It's an interesting question. I was there for five years, and I had the time of my life building that show. Right? You start out. I'd never been on camera before. Before they gave me this incredible opportunity to be on there, and I'm forever grateful for that. You I could kind of tell that when you first started. Oh, I know. The, the clips are still on YouTube, and if you go back there, it's humiliating. I'm like <laughs> little deer in the headlights, but that's what I like because you brought the you you weren't a natural TV personality, no. but you did it with content, and no, then you and became you, a compelling TV personality. And you know what they told me at the beginning, and they were correct. They that my interview wasn't on camera. My interview was them grilling me about political issues for about three or four hours, and they were like, "Yeah, she has an answer to everything that we're asking her. She can learn the skills of being on camera." And I was like, okay, next step is we're going to learn here. And they're like, you're on air tonight. <laughs> um, that was One America is at its best. Yeah, it's, it was. It's making it up as they go along. It was such a fun time. And listen. Great channel. Yeah, the reason I left was because I was ready for a change. Because I wanted to talk to the younger generation as well. As you know, cable news viewers tend to be. A little bit older, and I a wanted to. A little bit to, older, the average age, I think, is it's like 70, seventy. Was seventy three at yeah. Fox? I think it's seventy three and a half or seventy four at MSNBC. They're I think older. it's the same on all the cable yeah, channels. They're, yeah, they're older audiences. And yeah, they're, and they're, and they're, and they're valuable. Not, I, I, I love them, but well, the young people I, need a voice. I say they're they're, they're um, empty calories because our audience is an activist audience. This audience gets stuff done and gets involved. The, the cable, they just cut it on, and it's, it's white noise all day. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, they're very valuable. They they have controlled the outcome of our country for a long time because they've been such a large voting demographic. But soon, millennials are going to be the deciding factor. Now, we're not even talking about Gen Z. So when you punch out and do it, tell me, what, what is your line of work? What do you focus on? Because you were so good at so many things. Where, where have you? What's the center of gravity of Liz Wheeler's journey? One of the things that I wanted to focus on with my new show, which is available on all podcast platforms because that's where young people consume media, is exposing corruption because I think that's something that you don't have to be ideologically to the left and ideologically to the right to realize that corruption is just criminal enterprise disguised by confusion. It exists in both parties and nobody likes it. It's one of the biggest reasons we can't get stuff done when we talk about this gridlock in Washington, D.C. or one party not being able to achieve their agenda. It's mostly because there are crooks that are cheating and People want to have that exposed. They want to see the names of the people that are doing things. They want the the shade pulled back on exactly how it's working. They want the receipts. Yeah, they do. They do. I know I'm that way for sure. That's one of the reasons that I was one of the first voices on COVID. This is before the vaccine even came onto the onto the scene when I was like, well, wait a second. We see that the case fatality rate is not this 3.6% that the World Health Organization was telling us, that Fauci was telling us. We can see from that, that cruise ship that it's less than 1% even at the high-risk population. And people, it really resonates with people to see that proof because when they see it, it's, it's hard to unsee it. Why don't you hang on? You're going to be here for a couple more segments. Uh, what a lineup we have today. We have Liz Wheeler in the house. We've got um, Alex Jones. we got America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. We have Nancy Mace. Um, we're going to throw in a little Ben Harnwell from Rome to mix it up. Uh, we've got a lot going on. We're going to leave. Okay, our celebration of American music. 
this is the Pride Month, and we're going to continue this because every month's Pride Month here. Pride in our flag, pride in our nation, pride in American music. An American original today, Hank Williams Sr., on one of his best, I think, about a uh, story from the uh, Old Testament, I guess the Book of Revelations. Here we go, Hank Williams Sr. And his rider goes by. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. Uh, we've got the great Alex Jones on deck. We're following that by Rudy and Harnwell, and then we got uh, Nancy Mace in the, in the studio. That's kind of murderer's row, and I got Liz Wheeler here, uh, and I'm a huge fan of hers. And I've told the hearings when you left, I said, What are you doing? You've got the best network. The reason I love that you guys, you guys had the news packages. And your news was not phony. It was just cut to the chase. It was none of this. I call Fox with the Murdochs TV for stupid people because just all day long you're hearing the same talking points and the same Lindsey Grahams. It's just it's it's absurd. One America did something different. Packages that were real news packages, equivalent or better than CNN's as far as quality production. Plus, people were like yourself that were not there trying to be not trying to be stars. You were there to report stories and to give it to people. And they had a moment. They had a moment. And I used to tell them, and I love the hearings, <laughs> I tell them all the time, the episodic, you had you. I said, you guys don't understand what you've got. You've, you're, you get, you're a breakout. You've got it right now. You've got the best talent, pound for pound. Now, I'm not a cable guy. I've never been. But I said, if you're in cable with Wheeler and Pasobic and these other people, you've got something that, 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 that could go next level. And 
here we are today, and we're not next level. But tell me about, you've been working on something that's quite close to your, your heart about this entire situation, the attack on the American family and destruction, using weaponizing our children to destroy the American family. Tell me about that. Yes, I have. I've actually kept this book a secret for about a year because it's my pet peeve when people announce a book and I'm like all excited about it and then I go to Amazon or wherever and it's not for sale until like next year. So I didn't announce this until two weeks ago. It's available in September. It's called Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. And it started out as a question. I think I, as a parent, like other parents, saw, especially during COVID, I mean, you look over your kid's shoulder on Zoom school and you see this poison being poured into their minds, whether it's critical race theory, trans ideology, or just moral relativism, right? Your truth, my truth is more important than the truth. And I wondered, okay, attacks have been happening for a long time, but how come this concerted effort right now? Um, and what I realized is, no, this is not new at all. In fact, the left, as we know, has been trying to re-engineer society for almost a century, and they've been quite successful at it, right? They've co-opted or captured what I would call four out of the five major cultural institutions. They've captured the media, they've captured the education system, they've captured religion, they've captured the law, and they're this close to destroying the nuclear family. There's maybe one element left of the family that's still standing, that's children, which probably explains why they're going after children. So what I do in the book is I name the names of the people behind the capture of our institutions, behind the attack on America's kids, and then I offer a solution that I will tell you is different than but, what but, the but, Republican okay, Party is offering. But, but hang on. How did we get to those the long march to the institutions? Yes. How did you get there? We've won more elections. How have the Repu particularly cultural conservatives have been at this fight for 50 years. What, were, were they controlled opposition? I mean, how do we get in this place to lose four? The, you're saying the big five. Yeah. And the fifth is like uh, Dim Ben Fu. You're under siege now, and they got the high ground, and they're shelling you every day. Well, this is the million-dollar question, because there have been good, sincere warriors in the, in the culture war for a long time. But the Republican apparatus as a whole is what controls the conservative movement. And the Republican apparatus has, this is a kind way of saying it, they've had their head in the sand. They've embraced an idea that of, of what our government is supposed to be or what the definition of liberty is that's ultimately self-destructive. So the second half of my book is a critique of the Republican Party because we have to grapple with the question, is freedom the ultimate end or is freedom the means to something greater? If conservatives and Republicans cannot come to a consensus on this question to organize ourselves in a cohesive way, then we're going to well, we're going to be in the chaos that we're in right now. The Republican Party for the last 50 years has chosen freedom as the ultimate end, and it's led us to people like David French saying that drag queen story hour is a blessing of liberty, because if you view freedom as being the ultimate end, then it is, right? Then these grown men dressed up as sexualized versions of what they think women are gyrating in front of children has to have some inherent morality, and yet you and I and everyone watching this show knows that that's grotesque. We know that it's not just immoral, but it's satanic. So that leaves us with, well, if we want to be a free nation, freedom, the definition of what freedom is, is that freedom's the means to something greater. And we need to grapple with the question, what is that something greater? What is that something greater? And order our society towards it. I don't believe in neutrality. I don't believe that we can have a neutral playing field. Either the left is going to control things or we're going to exactly. control things. We are this never going to be able to win yeah. by simply saying no to what and they're offering. And, and there's no compromise. Right. Go back. I want to hit something for a second. We said that David French and the thing, liberty is an end of itself. Um, I mean, that's a hot button. You're going to have a lot of, which is good. because. But isn't that 
that's no different than Aleister Crowley's "Do What Thou Wilt." Essentially, right is what French in the in the it, it, I don't want to say the libertarians, but the people that liberty it is libertarians. The, yeah. the, the liberty as an end to itself is essentially what Crowley called for: "Do what thou wilt," which was the you know the the buzzword for the 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 theme of the Satanist. Right. I mean, it doesn't work. I will confess that, like many young conservatives back when I was a younger conservative, I leaned more libertarian. I tell this funny story that at CPAC in 2016, I was asked after my speech by media out in the lobby, I was asked by this independent journalist, well, what do you think the role of government is? What do you, how do you define liberty? And I define it in a very libertarian way, like government should stay off my lawn, just protect people's rights. And he goes, well, do you believe in the legalization of all drugs? And I was like, oh, like meth and cocaine and fentanyl? No, I don't. And he goes, well, isn't that a contradiction? And I was caught a little caught unaware and turns out he was an activist for marijuana legalization which was kind of funny but that has stuck with me for the past eight years because he's correct there is a contradiction to that if liberty is the ultimate goal if it's an end to itself then we should have no problem with legalizing hard drugs and yet we all know in our guts that that would lead to destruction in our society and that gut feeling is something i talk about in my book because that's really natural law we we can't abandon that when you moved, you you were in San Diego, and and, and and you're married. Do you have children yet? I do. I have a two and a half year old daughter. And then let me ask you: Did the birth of that two and a half year old daughter have anything to do with the all of a sudden Liz is maybe I'm not a libertarian. Maybe I see a more complex situation here. Was it the having a child and having a family? I assume so. I mean, being a parent transforms you in a way you can't possibly imagine before it happens. It's been the most amazing experience of my entire life to be. A mother, but having her and feeling that protective instinct, like I would die before something would happen to my child, and seeing that every bit of anything that she will ever consume is tainted with this poisonous ideology, you ha you stop and think, well, how do we create a society that doesn't have this? I can't just shelter her from this evil forever. How do we, what do we want our society to be? What does it mean when we say we want human flourishing? What is the role of government in helping achieve human flourishing? And I don't think Republicans have thought about this for a long time. I think that they're afraid to talk about religion. They're afraid to talk about social issues like abortion or gay marriage or transgenderism. They're afraid to talk about morality because they're afraid of being accused of being Bible thumpers. And the result of that is not a neutral playing field. The result of that has been the complete surrender of these institutions because Republicans have been afraid of the accusation that they're trying to mix church and state, which is a false accusation in the first place. So what I propose and what I challenge conservatives to do is to rethink your definition of liberty. And Steve, this is off obviously you know this. This is not a new idea that I'm proposing. This is our constitutional heritage. This is James it has, it, ha it is, but it has not been put f into the uh, to the forefront. I, I want to go back to something. Elected officials, and you see this with the operatives, you see this with the donors. Because the donors and the operatives don't believe what the base believes. The base are a very religious, spiritual, salt-of-the-earth people that believe in the sovereignty of the country and also the deep underpinnings of the Judeo-Christian West that, that is the foundational element of the country. The big donors and the operatives don't believe that. That's why they're in the politicians' ears all the time. We have to break. That's what has to be broken. A hundred percent. That's why you see parents across the country, even if they're not, they don't think of themselves as particularly religious, even if they're not political activists, they see the transgender stuff and they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, that's not right. Because people ultimately have a sense of right and wrong inside of them, and they recognize it when they see it. It's very easy to recognize wrong. We can all look at it and say, that's wrong. What's more difficult is to define right 
that we want to offer as an alternative. So I challenge conservatives in my book to think of education as indoctrination. We shouldn't think of it as neutral education for reading, writing, so, arithmetic. So we should indoctrinate and, children and, and, in good values. And are you for, what, homeschooling? Are yeah. you for... You, I was homeschooled. You think the public school system, is you can't, even with the parents' right movements, cannot be saved? Yeah, I think we should get rid of it. I think I don't think it's I don't I think it's beyond help at this point. I know that's an edgy opinion and there's going to be pushback even from within our own party on that. But if you look at what children are formed into as a result of the public school system, they are deficient in actual academic subjects. They are indoctrinated in anti-history. They are brainwashed with outright Marxist, anti-Christian, anti-American values. What is the what is the purpose of the education system? I have a chapter in my book about why we have mandatory public education in our country. The purpose of this in the 1850s, that's when it became mandatory, wasn't so that children could read and write. It was because there was a wave of Catholic immigrants that came to the United States and our Protestant politicians, I say this as a Catholic, you're a Catholic, our Protestant, I'm with the Catholic school too. Our Protestant politicians yeah. wanted children who were born somewhere else, came to America, they wanted them indoctrinated in American values yep. and in Protestant values. Yep. Our education system was Particularly the formed. work ethic. Yes. Particularly the work ethic. Those lazy mix, you gotta, you gotta get them focused. It was formed to be an indoctrination center. We just, and I know, again, that's such a controversial thing to say, right? But we just surrendered it and someone else is using it for indoctrination now. We should take it back or destroy it. Can your generation... Uh, be the fire breathers that we need to lead us through this? I think so. I mean, I have observed since maybe 2020 this this beginnings, this, the very, very, maybe the spark of even a religious revival in our country. And I'm talking about even among young Catholics with the traditional Latin mass and people, young people praying the rosary the way our that grandparents the, did. That the FBI, that the FBI thinks sort of the, 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 the uh, uh, Our weapons. The, the weapons of uh, domestic terrorism. I mean, according to the standards of the FBI and what they're trying to protect, I would... I would not challenge their definition. Our, our praying of the rosary is probably an existential threat to their agenda. Wow. How do people get the book? Go to HideYourChildrenBook.com. HideYourChildrenBook.com. And it's out in September. It is September 26th. You can pre-order it now. It'll be in your mailbox in just a couple weeks. And this is Regnery. Uh, real quickly, how do people get to the podcast? How do they get to all your social media? Because I know you're going to pick up a bunch of followers today. Yeah, go. you can search The Liz Wheeler Show on Apple Podcasts to find, uh, to find Fasc my show. Fascinating uh, title of the show. Thank you. Yes, well, <laughs> at least it's easy for people to remember. They don't have to think, what was the name of that show? They can just search my name. And you can go to uh, my Twitter at Liz underscore Wheeler as well. You're a superstar. You've always been one of the best. Thank you uh, so much. No, no, no. It's incredible. So uh, we'll make sure the show gets out there and we'll get the book and look forward to having you back on, on these topics because the assault on the nuclear family from the French Revolution all the way to the Bolsheviks, uh, the Nazis, of course, Mao Zedong. It's the traditional family and weaponizing the children. That's, the, that's where the game plans are to be. And you're saying we've lost four institutions, the fifth one, the nuclear family, we have to save. We do. If we don't save our children, I mean, we have to save them for the sake of their individual souls. But also, if the left captures them, then our country is done. Okay. Uh, like I said, we're celebrating Hank Williams Sr. It is from the Book of Revelation. This is a quite powerful song from Hank Williams Sr., A Pale Horse. Savior ain't mine When the pale horse And his rider goes by 
by the deeds you have done on that judgment day you'll weep and you'll cry when the pale horse and his rider goes by you're at your doctor's office your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens better health promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each Fruit and vegetable and field of greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take field of greens. Look, field of greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise extraterrestrials something i can't discuss in public setting um okay i can't ask when you think this occurred (laughs) Um, if you believe we have crashed craft uh stated earlier do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft as i've stated publicly already in my news nation interview uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries yeah um were they i guess human or non-human biologics Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Um, Okay, so, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either... What agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super. Thank you. And I yield back. Talk about, again, the CIA's most powerful, and they're made up of, of, of a coalition of rogue elements. Yeah, but what I understand is the agency is, is absolutely, at this point in time, the most powerful organization in the world. It is largely autonomous, as we've heard in so many different ways, and the latest was, of course, the testimony regarding the uh, UAPs. 
Okay, um, we've got these multiple lines of evidence that the CIA is largely comprised of functional groups that have assigned mission space that operate in kind of an entrepreneurial way to capture capital and to operate within their assigned mission space relatively autonomously under guidance of their internal civilian command. And uh, those administrators seek to maximize power, um, scope, and capital resources that they can capture. And with the COVID crisis um, and the run-up and the biodefense industry, et cetera, um, they've had a... I think it was yesterday... Yesterday or the day before, Alex Jones had just a monumental um, monologue on his show, bringing Alex Jones now. Alex, I, I want to go back. We were going to play a bunch of clips for you, but we're pressed for time. Just go back and give us your assessments of the importance. Even when people say, hey, the aliens thing is a misdirection play. We don't have time for it. What is the importance of this hearing, and what is this importance in, in this time in history in our war against the deep state? It means they're playing one of their final big cards. We've known from a lot of sources and a lot of leaks going back really since the 40s, late 40s, that the program to build the autonomous shadow government that, that the CIA in 1947 was established uh, to, to, to build, basically merge the British Empire and the U.S. Empire to a private corporate empire that is really the globalist empire that doesn't work for America's interest or Christian's interest or populist interest, but works for uh, these these banking um, interests, like we have the former head of the C or former head of the CIA, current head of the CIA, some of them working at the Carnegie Endowment. I mean, it, it it really is these interlocking groups that are in control, and now they're in the process of just absorbing what's left. They're playing that final card uh, of the alien invasion, uh, which they can then basically control, and it's almost like a new godhead or a new threat that can change the entire global cosmology of how the world operates. So it's a very revolutionary act uh, to be rolling this out now. And the so-called Intel uh, operative, uh, Gorsh, notice that he says this is the first time anybody at his level has leaked information. Well, that's not true. Uh, There was Colonel Corso and many others before him that basically put out the same story. So when you hear non-human biologics, that could be a ham sandwich or a cockroach, uh, for that matter. I'm not saying there aren't aliens. I'm not saying there isn't some stuff going on. Uh, but so much of this is skunk works, black works, projects uh, that have been operating autonomously, again, since the late 1940s. And, and so they're getting ready for something really, really big. Go back. Did you find it uh, shocking that they essentially blew off Congress and admitted that they don't have any oversight uh, programmatically with with just funding? They just take it from anywhere and that they don't feel that the congressional uh, representatives have high enough security clearances to know this stuff? Did you find that shocking? Or you just thought that was, hey, they finally came out and said it. Well, I think with your background in the military intelligence, that's why you've just pointed out the most important point that I should have made. And yes, it's that they're saying, oh, this group uh, just bypasses you. This, this this group doesn't even worry about you. And, you know, I can't even really tell you this stuff right now. And I'm not sure you're able to even hear this. So, yes, there's a real arrogance. Uh, and, and so this is the deep state disclosing its existence to the public so they can control the narrative of how that's then uh, presented because they know it's coming out. And then Elon Musk 
who I want to believe is a good guy, but it's very, very obvious that he is a tool of the super deep state that wants to take full control from the president, in, in case it's Trump again, of NASA and transfer it purely into a Howard Hughes-style uh, private space program, and then everything else you can do with that or the money laundering and control you can do there. I mean, we know that in the last uh, 60 years of NASA, 80-plus percent of its budget's been black budget for the military already. Uh, and, and so now it's one more step, not just in the military's hands and not just secret, most of it from Congress, but now purely privatized, but with uh, government funding. Uh, so we're talking about very, very serious power move here. Uh, Alex, can you um, can you just hang on for? We're gonna take a short commercial break. I want to come back and talk to you about the weapons labs, what is really going on, and how far we're advanced. This the movie Oppenheimer has everybody focused on what happened in Los Alamos. Well, I will tell you today, particularly young people, we're in an Oppenheimer moment to the tenth power, and you have to understand that. Short commercial break. Hank Williams Sr., the pale horse and his rider, an American classic. Be back in the warm in a moment. Centers below, not even the angels in heaven will know. It's then that you will. For war veterans, you know, you all over the supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 
100,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.